Okay, so today we're looking at World's Finest Comics number five, the spring issue. On the cover, we have Batman, Robin, and Superman all standing and saluting while airplanes fly over their heads. Then we pull out a little bit and we see that they're actually on a movie screen with a light from off frame illuminating them. And beneath them, there's a huge audience of people, a full packed theater. I would definitely go. The comic promises us 96 thrilling pages full of Superman, Batman and Robin, Sandman, Zatara, and Red, White, and Blue, who I did learn are actually comic book characters. Their comic is about uh, an army guy, a navy guy, and like an air force guy, although I'm not exactly sure what they do. The inside cover shows us a man we've never seen before, but he looks very relaxed. He's on the side of the lake and he's fishing. He's got his fishing pole and his shoes off, and it looks like he's eating canned peaches. He's also throwing a gun into the water, which makes sense because the title of this comic is Crime Takes a Holiday. In the background, we see Batman and Robin in a little rowboat, looking very contemplative. So, the comic starts out with Big John Waller, a notorious gambling house owner, receiving a strange message. After reading the message, he tells his underlings that he's going to go meet Brains Kelly at his nightclub. And all the underlings are like, watch out boss, Brains Kelly is slick. But he goes anyway. In another location, Dude Davis has also received a letter. Brains Kelly also wants to meet him. He decides to go as well, and that night, all three men are in Brains Kelly's nightclub. Two of them are wearing green suits, which makes this very confusing for me. They're all, all right, Brains Kelly, you've summoned us here. What's your dastardly evil plan? Brains Kelly holds his hands together nervously, and he's like, Gentlemen, here's my idea. Today, we stop all criminal activities happening in Gotham City at midnight. The other two are like, what are you talking about? You're crazy, Brains Kelly. But he's like, no, no, I'm not crazy. Look, sit down and listen, and I will tell you the evil scheme. They do, but we don't get to see it. All we see are the after effects. And that night at midnight, all crime in Gotham stops. We see a thief handing a pocket watch back to the guy he stole it from. Another guy with a gun handing back money to the trembling guy he just threatened. And, in some people's house, some burglars have come in and started putting all their stuff back. All the crooks in Gotham have decided to follow the law. They even follow the mundane laws, like waiting for the light to be green before they cross the street. Everyone's baffled and confused. But it goes on for such a long time that they kind of start getting used to it. Within a few days, all the policemen have started going home early because of the lack of crime in Gotham City. And, in the home of Bruce Wayne, he sits in a green chair and reads the paper. He and Dick have also learned of the lack of crime in the city. Dick is like, we're gonna have to pack up our costumes in mothballs, Bruce. But Bruce is like, don't worry. Crime might be on vacation in Gotham, but there's plenty of crime in other cities. And to demonstrate, the comic shows us lots of other crimes in other cities. In Detroit, a man in a yellow suit, Scar Ryan is running away from police with a bag of money and a gun. In Chicago, men in checkered masks are pulling some guy out of a silver transporting truck. 
And in St. Louis, some men with blue bags over their heads are trying to break into a safe at a fur shop. Yeah, Batman. While crime is on break in your city, you should come and tour the country. You have fans everywhere, you know. And Batman might as well leave the city because crime is truly on break. And you know what? All the criminals are doing better for it. A bunch of them have become legitimate business owners. They're saying hello to people on the streets. One guy's opened a diamond shop where he has more diamonds than he ever stole in his entire career. Another guy has opened a gym to keep fit as all respectable citizens should want to do. One day at the home of Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson is so bored that he suggests that they actually do leave the city, like for real, and tackle some out-of-town gangs. But Bruce isn't buying this crime holiday thing. In fact, he buys it so little that he's made a plan to lure the criminals out. He says, if crime is banned in Gotham, then I'm just going to have to go commit a crime and see what happens. Later that night, a disguised Bruce Wayne climbs a rope to get into one of Big John's gambling houses. And a few minutes later, a man in a brown coat steps into Big John's gambling den holding a gun. He's all, stick him up, gents. The men inside are like, a robber? He can't be here. Crime is on holiday. But the man in the brown coat, who's actually Bruce Wayne, doesn't care. He's all, shell out your dough, punks. And then they start to fight. Bruce pulls out his gun and he shoots the first guy he sees in the face. But it turns out that it's not a real gun, it's just a water pistol. Yeah, like any of us thought Bruce would carry a real gun. Then he starts beating them up in earnest with his fists. It takes a couple panels, but eventually they capture him, although the comic lets us know that if he'd actually been using his Batman strength, there's no way they would have captured him. He let himself deliberately be captured. Now, he might have broken into their gambling den and tried to steal all their money, but criminals have solidarity, so when he's shown to Big John, Big John is just like, Wow, he tried to kill us all with a water pistol? That's so cool. We should use him for our crime jobs. And Bruce thinks to himself, Yeah, this is exactly what I wanted. My plan is working. He introduces himself as the Gold Coast Kid, and... Big John tells him that he can't do any crime in Gotham if he's going to work for them. But Big John does need a guy like him to pull a job outside of the city. Bruce Wayne, the Gold Coast kid, is like, Sure, if I get money, I'll do any job for you. And then he thinks to himself, I'm in. I'm in with the gang. Just a few hours later, the Gold Coast kid and all the criminals are sat down at a restaurant laughing about how daring Gold Coast Kid was to try to kill Big John with a water pistol. In fact, one of them says, I bet this kid could tackle Batman himself. Then another one's like, Batman? We don't have to worry about Batman anymore. And Big John goes, yeah, we tricked him with this crime holiday we're supposed to be doing. They all leave, but the Gold Coast Kid decides to stay a little longer and finish his tea. At least that's what he tells the thugs, but actually he calls Robin. He says, I'm in with the Big John gang and we're gonna go pull a job in Philadelphia. Tell the police. Ha! We're slowly narrowing down the location of Gotham City. It's probably like within an hour or two of Philadelphia. Bruce gets in the car with the rest of the thugs and they drive off to the Curtis Silk Warehouse, where they plan to steal all the silk. 
Before they go in, they'll stop and put on disguises. One of them disguises himself as Carrot Top McGraw of the Quaker City Mob. Another one disguises himself as Trigger Burns, who I know we have heard about before in this comic, but I'm not sure if we've seen him. A third guy puts on the checkered coat of Killer Dykes, which he is always seen in. Now that their disguises are sorted, they're ready to rob the fur warehouse. The Gold Coast Kid trails along behind them, finally figuring out what they're doing. He's like, they haven't actually been going straight. They've just been pulling jobs in distant cities and disguising themselves as different mobs. The in-disguised crooks stop outside the silk warehouse and light a fire. They're going on about how they're going to make it look like a Quaker City gang job. They fan all the smoke from the fire under the door, and a few minutes later, a guard comes rushing out. He's like, fire, fire. Then he runs into Carrot Top McGraw. And Carrot Top McGraw, who's actually some thug in disguise, is like, yeah, we're the Quaker City mob, and we smoked you out, dope. Now that the night guard is taken out, the silk warehouse is all theirs. They can go in and steal as much silk as they like. At least that's what they think. But they've only been in there a few minutes before Robin and a bunch of police officers come bursting in. They immediately start hitting people with batons. The Gold Coast Kid, secretly Bruce Wayne, secretly Batman, is taken out early and goes and hides in a corner. Where, without alerting the thugs, he can surreptitiously switch into his Batman costume. He comes out of the shadows and he's like, I told Robin we'd have to put our costumes away in mothballs. Guess that I was wrong. Bruce, Dick told you that. You don't have any idea what you're doing. You're just trying to be funny. Relatable. Batman starts beating up all the thugs. Robin and the police officers help too. In the finishing move, Batman takes a giant spool of silk off the wall, kind of looks like an understuffed bobbin, and rolls it at some of the thugs. Almost all of them get rolled up in the bobbin, but when the last one escapes, Batman's like, don't go after him, we need to follow him back. Just as quickly as the Gold Coast Kid turned into Batman, Batman turns back into the Gold Coast Kid, and he goes back to Gotham. Once he's there, he goes back to... Big John's place of residence, and he's like, I have returned, but I am injured. One of the guys there tells him to go visit the doctor. Just a few seconds later, Batman bursts out of the doctor's office. All the thugs there are like, Batman! And one, in the shadows, a little smarter than the rest, goes, That's who told the cops! It was Batman, disguised as the Gold Coast Kid! Batman's all, that's right! He starts beating them up and making lots of gym puns on the way because they're in a gym. Until, a couple panels later, Robin, the other member of the world-famous TNT team, explodes into dynamic action. He grabs an oversized bowling pin and whacks a guy in the head. Batman's like, Robin, what are you doing here? And Robin's like, Batman, you looked like you were having so much fun that I stowed away on Big John's car by grabbing onto his spare tire. Batman's all, great teamwork, and then they proceed to beat up the rest of the thugs together. Just as they've cleared the whole gym, some more mob members run out onto the balcony, and this time they're holding guns. Batman and Robin immediately freeze, and they're seized and tied up and dragged outside. 
one of the mob guys wants to shoot them. But then Big John is like, hey, what are you doing? Don't you know there's no crime in Gotham City? The rest of his mob were like, oh, you're right, Big John. We better take them out of the city before we kill them. So instead of just shooting them, they put them in this giant van with doors on the side instead of the back for some reason. And they drive the van right into the harbor. They start celebrating. They say even Houdini couldn't escape from that. And it's the end of Batman and Robin. And they run away laughing. Is this indeed the tragic end of the famed dynamic duo? A sealed tomb at the bottom of the river? The narration asks us. And of course it's not. You see, the truck was so big that when it fell into the river, instead of sinking to the bottom and resting on the ground, just the head of the truck managed to reach the ground. And it stuck straight up in the water with the very end of it poking above the surface. So Batman and Robin still have air in there. But because of the weird sideways doors, they can't escape. They're all, if we open the doors, the water will rush in and drown us. The truck is so big that the top is too far away for them to reach, and they're running out of air. Oh no. Luckily, Batman has the mind of Sherlock Holmes, or at least he's read a lot. And he comes up with a brilliant plan of piling the boxes that they were in the truck with up into a pyramid, and then standing on the pyramid and lifting Robin up so that he can cut a hole in the ceiling. It takes them a while, and they're getting really uncomfortable from not having any air, but eventually they do manage to climb out of a hole in the top. I do find it plausible that they wouldn't have any air because the truck actually does not have any openings on the back. Once they're out, they take a minute to catch their breath, and then Robin says, All right, let's go get Big John. But Batman's like, No, we can do better. We can round up the whole gang. They go back home, and the next night, one of the criminals who has recently profited from doing crime in other cities has his business attacked by the hooded gunmen from St. Louis, the guys wearing blue bags on their heads. They're all, we know you've been stealing diamonds to sell in our names, and we're gonna steal them back. They take the diamonds away, and all over town the same thing is happening. After a large amount of attacks and raids, the three original mob bosses get together. They're all... Those hooded gunmen cleaned us out, the dirty crooks, and we're going to have to find them. One of them, though, pulls out this bag. He's like, the hooded gunmen left this at my place when they were loading all their loot into their cars. It's a big white bag with the words something market on it. The other two mob bosses are like, that must be where they're staying. We're going to gather up every single man we have. And we're going to go attack the hooded gunmen tonight. And that night, every single member of the gang in Gotham City goes to this place that the bags had called the Downtown Market. They stand outside the giant garage door and one of them yells, Break through, men! And he says, through, T-H-R-U, like someone who can't spell. Who did this? Bill Finger? Get Gardner Fox back in here. He would never. The thugs break through the barn doors and into the warehouse, where they find not the hooded gunman, but Batman and Robin and a team of police. Batman and Robin are holding the blue hoods, and they're all, It wasn't actually the hooded gunman who robbed you. We've just taken a trick out of your book. And we pretended to be the hooded gunman from St. Louis and robbed you. 
All the thugs are like, oh no, we're trapped. And Batman and Robin start attacking them. This time with a bunch of things they find around the warehouse. Batman throws watermelons. Robin throws cans of tomato soup. You must really hate these guys, Robin. Batman smashes a tomato in one of their faces. He must hate them more. Robin stuffs a triangle of cheese down one guy's mouth. Batman tries to drown two in the pickle barrel. And Robin stuffs a dead fish in the mouth of Mr. Kelly. Soon, all the thugs are defeated and crime is no longer on holiday in Gotham City. But, Batman says, crime will take a true holiday now because all the crooks have been put in prison. And we end off with a small panel that does not say Bob Kane, but says, The End. Now, this was weird to me because Bob Kane always signs off. And he always signs off in the second to last panel, not the last panel, like this The End panel. So I went and looked it up. And this is actually not drawn by Bob Kane, first one. How tragic. I hope he'll be back next time. The end.